Good morning, Cornerstone Church family. We are so glad you've joined us online this morning. And um, I just love that the church is, is alive and well. It's, it's not a building, it is the people. And so we are coming together this morning. And usually when we're gathered here in the auditorium, this is a chance for us to kind of say hello and greet one another and say hi. And so um, let's do that online. I think now is a chance for all of us to kind of give some shout outs. I have my um, phone here. So let me say good morning to you. You know, the good thing about going online during this season is... Um, We've been able to connect with so many people that live in different states and, and say hello. I saw um, Javier Ariola this morning online with you, brother. God bless you. So glad to hear with us. And so um, Kyra's with us. And so I just want to give you a big good morning. Um, usually, though, right now, you're probably missing your Cornerstone Church donut, you know, from our, uh, our team and um, get that donut from Zach. And so, Zach, good morning to you. I miss you, buddy. But maybe if you had it, who already did a donut run this morning or maybe you have breakfast this morning, that's okay. But um, let's go ahead and give a chance to kind of make some comments and keep that happening um, throughout the whole service. I'll try to um, see you and say hello. That's an advantage of us being online. But we also want to take this time to start filling out your connection card, especially if you're new. Uh, maybe it's your first time online with us. You can go download our app and there's a place for us to connect with you. You can get all kinds of information about what's happening with the church. Um, also, you can give. Um, you can give online. You can also text to give. Um, it's a way in which we worship. And you can text to give at 77977, okay? So those are some of the updates. And also, to let you know, we are going to continue being online for our midweek. We're continuing our series in the, the book of Acts. And um, we're going to be going online next week as well. Um, uh, but today I'm excited because we're going to dive right back into our study in the book of Hebrews. We're talking about just better. And um, we had a, a great launch into the new year, had a great Christmas season. It's great. You can always go back and rewatch all our services and our gatherings. And if you have to go way back, um, probably through the very first week or so in December, where Pastor Rick um, was in a section of scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, and we were talking about when you know who you are, you're going to know what to do. And um, man, that statement in this season, what's happening this week, where all of us are battling, we need to know what to do. But church family, we know what to do. And as you know, many of us are impacted. The reason why we're fully online is because how this pandemic has hit, especially Orange County, LA County, Southern California in a very, very real way. As you guys know, many of our, our staff got hit with um, this, this virus, and, uh, but we know what we to do. We're to pray and we're to believe. And I want to open up this service praying and believing for healing of not only of our pastoral team with um, Pastor Rick, especially with Pastor Rick and everyone going down as they're still recovering and people are getting better. Um, we're believing for healing and also for you. I know many of you have been impacted by all kinds of ways, your health, um, jobs, but whatever it is that you're contending with, we stand on the promises of God. And uh, we are going to partner with those heroes of faith and believe in God for his promises. And his promise is this, that if my people who are called by my name will pray and repent of their ways, that God will hear our prayers from heaven and heal our land. And right now I want to pray not only for this disease, this pandemic, but also for our nation. So can you join with me wherever you're at? Um, maybe uh, put the donut down, um, get your coffee there, but let's believe in prayer and invade heaven. So Father, right now, God, we come together, Lord, according to your word, 
Lord, we are your people, Lord. We, are, we believe in, in what you have said in your word, that at the name of Jesus, Lord, at the name of Jesus, Lord, the enemy will flee. And we know that the enemy is at work to cause division in our church, in our nation. I speak unity, God. I pray that the church would rise up. God, I come against any any wicked schemes of the enemy that would prevail. God, that you would bring healing to our land. Lord, forgive us of our sins. And I pray, Lord, for those who are fighting this virus, wherever they're at, I speak healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, every every um, cell, Lord, every other complication, I pray every lungs would be freed up to bring life and wholeness. I speak healing over Pastor Rick and Carol, Lord, the rest of our pastoral team and our cornerstone families and extended families, wherever they may be. Do that work, we, we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Can you give me an amen? Maybe you can type amen on the, um, on, on the, the comments. And because we are facing some challenging times, but we have to hear from God's word. And so we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12. Um, Pastor Rick left off on Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm excited because um, these two um, verses I'm going to be covering in depth are really in Hebrews chapter 12. If you know me, you know um, this is like my, my life verse here. This is, this is a, a portion of scripture that has shaped my life. Um, and that I've, I've turned to often, and I know that God has a word for each and every one of you because I pray that it will shape your life like it has for mine. Okay, so we're going to dive in right here in Hebrews chapter 12. And it says this, starting in verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, I love that idea. I love that idea that God has set each and every one of us with a unique race. Each of us have a race. And whenever you see, um, as we dive into this chapter, whenever you see a therefore, you always want to ask that question. You know, what is the therefore therefore? Well, he's talking about what Pastor Rick shared in the beginning of December. He's talking about what took place in chapter 11. And if you recall, Pastor Rick talked about the, it's known as the great um, heroes of the faith. You know, where we have as ordinary men and women of God doing extraordinary, extraordinary things for the, for the kingdom. You know, they, they trusted God. They ran their race. They took some risk. And because of that, you know, the history was changed. History was changed because of their faith. But notice what it says here in, um, at the end of that chapter. I want to kind of go back real quick, if you can. So take your Bible or your, your app where you can actually see the, the scripture on there in verse 39. Notice how this chapter concludes that leads into the therefore and how it applies to you and how it applies to me and us together. It says this, and these, talking about the great heroes of faith, you know, the Abraham, the Isaacs, you know, the Jacobs, you know, Moses, and, and all the, the greats of the past. It says, having obtained a good testimony through faith, men and women of God who are faith, it says they didn't receive the promise. It says, God have provided something better for us. And there is our, our, our theme. There was something better for them. Better for them not to receive the promise? What was better for them not to receive that promise at that time? This was the better. It says that they should be made perfect apart from us. That they should not be made perfect apart from us. 
You see, only together, it says, only together would they be made perfect, meaning only together, meaning you and I, meaning that you're grafted into this great hall of fame, if I can say, of the greats, that, that you're a part of their story. You're a part of their reward. You know, I just got done watching yesterday. My son and I, we were tuning into the Heisman Trophy presentation. You know, and before they presented the Heisman, they took an hour of kind of highlighting all the past Heisman Trophy winners. In fact, they're the ones that are going to present this trophy to the next Heisman Trophy. And if you're not familiar with the Heisman Trophy, what it does, it goes to the greatest athlete, college athlete in football. And it's much more than just what they do on the field. It's about their character. It's supposed to be about the character and what they're all about. And basically, the idea is that, man, these great Heisman Trophy winners have kind of helped shape you know, the future Heisman Trophy winners. They get to be a part of this, this families of being these great athletes. And so here we are here saying that we are to be a part of that, that, that we are grafted in, that, that the promises that God gave them are for us. The victories that God gave them are ours. But it's also true when it comes to the consequences, the way in which they have failed in a way have kind of, obviously you have, look what happened with, with Adam and Eve. You have, you have sin that has crept in and many of us are, are paying the price of, of sins and, and decisions that were made from generations before us. But notice, as you look back, he says that together, that their success, and many times, you know, my rewards are your rewards and your, your successes are, are my successes. But as we dive into this understanding of what the kingdom of God is, that all of us, we're together, we're all one, we're all part of the, the, the family of God, we're part of the kingdom of God. Every single one of us um, has a race to win, although we all run in one big race, we all run our individual races together. But in the kingdom of God, there's no I, you know, I used to, um, and there was this old hip-hop song that I used to like, you know, De La Soul, it's me, myself, and I. There is no I in the kingdom. There's no I in the kingdom. And, and maybe um, you haven't recognized that, especially in this season, what's happening in the church, you know, our heart breaks, what's been happening this week in the Capitol building, and we, we see and, and, and we associate some things with, with certain people, and it breaks our heart. And many times, especially when it comes to being part of the family of God, that you want nothing to do with it. You know, you kind of separated yourself, or you're on the sidelines. You're taking yourself out of the race. Or for whatever reason, you've disqualified yourself from the race. But whether you like it or not, you're part of the family of God. And, um, you know, many times when you don't like something, you know, you've heard this said before, that when you don't like something, be a part of the solution. You have a choice to make. Are you going to be a part of the solution? Or are you just going to, you know, kind of whine and complain and, and point out all the faults of everything? I mean, there's a lot going wrong in our world today. I think about what happened at the Capitol building. What a tragedy. What a poor decision. What a way to disqualify ourselves. But yet, you know, we have um, so much going on, so much being stripped with us. You know, we have the topic of our, you know, freedom of speech. We have topics going on of, you know, what it means to be a believer. And, but all that. But, but you know what? God has called us as a people to run our race, but to run in a way in which to win. You know, I ran... Um, Many of you may already know this, but I used to run track cross country for Cal State University Fullerton many years ago. And, um, and I remember uh, when I was recruited, I was part of, uh, John Elders was my coach, Coach Jake. 
And I was part of his, pretty much the first two or three years of his, his, his recruiting classes. That he, when he began to build the program, and I was part of that inaugural team that, that, that began under his, his leadership. And this has been going on almost 20, 30 years. Well, um, we had a, a goal, and our goal was to become Big West champions, to, to, be, to be champions. And boy, I was part of one of the teams that looked like that we were going to achieve our goals. And, and I look back at that season, we did not become champions but I'm happy to report that um, Coach John Elders and Cal State University Fullerton, they are back-to-back Big West champions. Back-to-back. This past year, he just retired this year, and he retired a champion. And as you can see, I get all of excited because that means, guess what? I'm a Titan. You know, I'm a part of that team. I feel like the program was built on these legs. Not really, but anyways, you get the idea. But the point is that uh, I take part in that victory, you know, all those years and, and, and grinding and even praying. I mean, Coach, he was my, my roommate. We would pray and we would believe. And, and I'm, I'm so excited about that, that experience. But it is true for all of us that we are a team. We are a family. The Bible talks, we're the body of Christ. You know, one thing also about cross country is that uh, when it comes to running this race, that in cross country, it's not about who wins the race who wins overall. You know, it's about the team, meaning the way cross-country works, if you're not familiar, only the top five runners from each team score. So basically what your time is or your place is, they add up the score, and whoever has the best team wins. So you might have the fastest guy, but it's not about where the, the first guy finishes, it's also where that fifth guy finishes and everybody in between. Now, for me, I never was one of the top runners. I was the pack guy. And I was always a guy that was in the back. In fact, my goal was just to be part of the top five. And I struggled to be that kind of runner. And I remember that my goal was to be top, you know, be top five. But more importantly, I just wanted to be on the traveling team. And the people who traveled were the top seven. And they would go and they would travel. And I wanted to be on the traveling team. I remember my senior year, I finally accomplished that goal. I was on the traveling team. We got the cool sweats. was able to go on the airplane. And here we are going to the championship. And it looked like we were going to have one of our best chances to win that year. I remember going into that race. And I was typically the seventh guy going to the race. But in the actual race, the guys that were in front of me were having a tough day. I don't know if they had injuries. I don't know what it was. But I was having a pretty good day. And I recognized that I was the fifth guy. And everything in me just kind of, I, I felt like I just turned myself out and I was, I had a really good race and I knew that my, that I counted. And I remember getting to the finish line and anticipating saying, man, what happened? You know, are we big West champions? And when I looked at the board, I found out that we were runners up, but we came in second. And you can imagine the disappointment because, man, I counted and I felt like I let the team down. And always looking back in that season of my career, I was like, man, what could I have done to get faster, to be better? You know, what could I have done to be better? See, all of us are running a race. And God says that it's important not just that you're a part of the race, but how you run the race. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 9.24, it says, run the race to win. See, many of us are just participating. We're just kind of going through the motions. And you signed up, but you're not, you're not, you're not putting yourself in a place to win. To, and you're, you're kind of, in a way, as it says here, it says, as it says in the, how we are to 
um, run this race, because nowadays you get a participation trophy. You know, they just celebrate that you're doing something. But that's not what God wants. God wants you more than just to exist. He wants you to succeed, and he wants you to run the race to win. And so I want to give you some truth today from Hebrews about how to run this race, your race to win. And the first thing he says this, he says, therefore, lay aside whatever is weighing you down, right? Lay it all aside, he says. Because why? Because God's got something powerful in your life. You got to remove all the distractions, whatever is preventing you from moving forward in the race that God has for you. You know, God has, um, you know, maybe he's giving you, and all of us, he's given us all different gifts, some talents. We all have a different personality. Um, you all have like a different experiences in life. And there's certain things that God has really, you've experienced that, that have, are going to help you to run this race that only you can run. And so here we have an opportunity, you know, to start the year right, right? To lay aside whatever it is. And I don't know what you need to lay aside, but what a way to start 2021. You know, Pastor Bob Hunt did a great job, you know, encouraging us, you know, with some, you know, resolutions and also some revelation. I pray that's going to continue, that we're going to be looking at things this morning that are slowing you down. Because a lot of us have things that are slowing us down. It could be insecurity. It could be fears. It could be this pandemic, you know, our attitude. It could be unbelief. I mean, it could simply be too much anxiety and fear. It could be watching too much TV. It could be way too much, I don't know, what could be, whatever we're, we're, we're weighing ourselves down, whatever's wasting our time, those things are hindering us. And it's time to lay those things aside. Because most people, when they get up in the morning, they don't, you know, you don't get up and say, man, I really don't want to do nothing with my life. You know, most people, they don't get up and they just kind of check out and don't care. But some people do. And maybe that's you, you know, you just kind of checked out, you're wrestling with a depression, anxiety, and, and, and if that's you, boy, there's some more deep-rooted issues that God wants to deal with, and I believe that he's dealing with now. There's some wounds that need to be taken care of, some serious injuries. Because when you're a kid, if you think about it, nobody grew up and said, boy, I want my life to mean nothing. I want to be a loser. No, you had dreams. He had passions. You know, I think of my son, dreams of being a professional baseball player, and he had these, these high expectations. Why? Because you're made in the image of God. You're a child of God. You're made in his image. And God is, God is victorious. God is a creator. God is an inventor. God has, he wants to bring hope. God's a God of love. God's a God of purpose. I mean, think about it. The, the God who created the heavens and the earth. He created you in your image. So it's no wonder when you're not thriving in life. It's no longer when you're stagnant in life that you get restless because that's not who you are. You know, we, we talked about that. When you know who you are, you're going to know what to do. And when you know who you are, you're going to know how to respond to this word that the Holy Spirit, I believe, is speaking to all of us this morning. And that's why for many of us, we're depressed at times. Because instead of conquering and dividing, we're stagnant. You know, I think of that movie, um, I, I kind of been watching, yeah, some of the, talking about the binge watching, you know, you know, the only thing on TV right now is, you know, if you're an Avenger person, all the Avenger movies are out. You know, and you think, I think of uh, Thor, you know, that one time at 
who knows what number it is, but you know, he's, he basically is on the sidelines, and he's not operating in his superpowers, and he's got the gut, you know, he's let himself go, and, and same thing, I think of Mr. Incredible, right? If you're, my kids used to watch Mr. Incredible, and there's a time when he wasn't able to, to operate in who he was, and he's depressed, you know, and he's out there, and he's all let himself go, and the, the movie is all about him not operating in his giftings, not running their race, not moving forward, you know, I actually experienced um, COVID early in July. Um, I had the virus, and I recovered. Thank you for your prayers. And, um, and I went through that heavy season. I understood how important the plasma was. And so I wanted to test, make sure I have antibodies, because I want to donate my plasma. And so I went, and I tested, and sure enough, I had antibodies. But then I got a call from the doctor asking me to come in for an appointment. I go, no, I just want to donate my plasma. They go, no, you need to come in. And what had happened was, is that when I got COVID, even before that, man, I had let myself go. You know, I put on a, a bunch of weight. I wasn't, you know, gyms were closed. They were in quarantine. I ate horrible. And man, I put on the weight, lost a little motivation, wasn't running, wasn't riding, wasn't doing much of anything. And sure enough, doctor comes in. He says, listen, your glucose is elevated. Your cholesterol is elevated. You got issues with your liver. And I go, you got to be kidding me. They go, yeah, they, go, they suggest that I exercise more. <laughs> and if you, know who, if you know me at all, I go, you got, I go, I can't believe this is happening. It was a wake-up call. I had to put some things away. I had to lay aside the sugar. You know, I had to kind of change my routine. I had to get serious. And sure enough, I did. You know, and the weight's coming down, and I retested. I still got the antibodies, and my, my numbers are coming down. And, and, I've, and I've made some decisions. And so... For many of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about because maybe you're in the same situation, especially during a time like this, losing hope, losing desire, motivation, kind of giving up, you know, just, just kind of yielding. But I would say to you this morning, listen to the greats. Listen to what the scripture is telling us. And your call on your life is way too valuable. You know, the Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is what the world needs more than anything. Christ in you. You're a part of something that's above and beyond what you can imagine or think. This is, the, this is not the time to be complacent. This is not the time to be lazy. This is not the time to check out. You know, the Bible says that we have a crowd of witnesses cheering you on. They're saying, listen, the kingdom of God is worth it. This is your time to run the race. The baton is taught. The promises are going to be filled in your time. Don't give up. Look at what it says in Hebrews 12 in the Living Bible. I like this kind of loose translation. It says this. Since we have a huge crowd of men of faith watching from the grandstands, right? You get the picture. Let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. And especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. And let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. I, do, I can hear him. You know, I, I just hear him yelling. You, you know why I can hear him yelling? 
you know, through your screen. That's like I'm yelling at you. I don't know why I'm, I'm obviously there's nobody here. I'm screaming through these, t- these cameras because um, I do the same thing, you know, I did it yesterday when I was watching the Rams, you know, play football or whenever I'm watching sports, Kate and I, we get so fired up and, and I thought I was bad, but my son, I, I haven't been a good example because he gets more fired up than I do. And sometimes Carolyn and the kids, I'll say, hey, keep it down out there because we're, we're screaming and we're yelling at the TV like they can hear us. But the Bible says that there is a cloud of witnesses cheering you on. They look at you like you're the next, you know, Kobe Bryant. They're saying, man, you got more skills, more th- more than we ever had. Guys, we're, what are you doing? And instead of running the race, instead of, you know, going into strict training and we're checked out. And nah, I'd rather just, uh, why don't you, you know, read your, read your Bible. Nah, I got, there's a show on TV. Instead of like, you know, going to strict training and, and participating in what God is doing and you're, you're kind of, you, you, you other things are more important. What could be possibly more important than running the race that God has for you? You know, you, you're learning some new recipes, those, those sugary ones, if you know what I'm talking about. You know, we're out watching reruns. What are you doing? Instead, you know, the greats are telling us, you know, it's time to strip. Now, I know for many of you, you know, you're at home, so it might be kind of, you know, that's kind of a, Maybe an easier thing to do, but that's not what I'm talking about. Although I got a, a true story for you. You know, I, I did. I ran in the 80s. And so back in the days when we were run, we had the dolphin shorts. And so everybody makes fun of the dolphin shorts. But I got to be honest with you that the dolphin shorts have nothing on our team-issued shorts. So Coach Jake, if you're watching this, you guys don't know, he ordered the, back then, it was 80s, so the, he had these, with these bright orange flyaway shorts. They were, they were worse than dolphin shorts. And uh, there's a story we're running, running on campus, and one of my buddies, who's really tall and lengthy, he was cruising around the campus, running a kind of a group run, no shirt, these guys out there in their little shorts, and campus police pulls us over and gives a, a ticket for us wearing these shorts that they said was indecent exposure. And we said, listen, these are the team-issued shorts. And so that's not the kind of stripping I'm talking about, all right? So I just want you to be aware. But the point is this, if you can get this in your mind is that we do. It's time to lay aside those things that weigh us down. And it says, not only are we to weigh the things that ensnare us, but we need to lay aside both the weights and the sin. You know, when you, it's one thing to get things that are being distracted, but it's, it, the thing that disqualifies you is when you're walking in sin. That hinders you from the promises of God. That's when you're not even, some of you, you're watching this and you're, 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 you haven't you even, man, you're, you're struggling with unbelief. You're not even in the race at all. In fact, you've been running away from the race. You're running a different race. The kind of race the Bible says leads to destruction. I mean, the good news about, let me give you the good news. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're running the race. You might be tripped up. You might even be bound. But let me tell you something, that the blood of Jesus can break every chain. You could be set free. You could be set loose. And you could get back into running the race. You could run that race for all of eternity. And we could look back and we will walk in victory. Guys, we win the race. That's the great thing about this is that we, but we don't, we don't run like it. I've heard it said this way. It says like, you know what, um, you know, I'm going to heaven, but I live like I'm going to hell. And that's, that's the furthest from the truth. God wants to bring hope and encouragement to you. We win. But for those of you who are not running the right race, there is a destination for you. And it's not the crown of life. It's death. It's destruction. 
And for you, boy, what a, a morning, what a January morning to kind of have an opportunity to believe that Jesus came, as he said in Hebrews, as he says, that he's sitting at the right hand of God. He came. Here's why he came. He came to bear those sins, to die on that cross for your sin. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin. Maybe your feet are bound. You're wondering why you're not going anywhere in life or why you're heading. You, you know you're, you're, you're heading in the wrong direction. You know what it's like to feel like you're not going anywhere? But tonight, boom, the chains are going to be broken this morning. And it's all because of the blood of Jesus. You know, he's got, he has that power to conquer death. So make sure you don't miss it. You know, and many times, you know, I like that scripture that says in Galatians 5, it says, who hindered you? You know, who hindered you from the truth? You know, a lot of it, it's not about sin, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get into what sins, you know, are, are binding you. All of us have um, our own take. I'm not going to get into that this morning. But maybe a better question is, is that what is it that you're doing that's going to help you run the race better? You know, everybody has their opinions on how, you know, what the correct training program is. But it's so important that a better question is, is this going to help me run my race? You know, we say, well, my, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. You know, we only get one chance at this life. We only have one opportunity to run this race. Would it be a tragedy that, you know, you, you spent half your time on Instagram or social media? I mean, how much of our time is wasted simply by, you know, and we're going to talk about this, you know, focusing on everybody else's race when God wants you to run your race. And if you're running, you're not going to have time to be consumed with what everybody else is doing. Because if you talk to any retired athlete, you know, they know too well that it's so important for you to perform on this stage. You know, I have a, a good friend. He's one of our, he lead the Spencers. They lead our, our first impressions team. And he was an, encouraging one of our, our young adults in the, in the foyer the other day. And if you guys know, you know, John, he's a, you know, he won CIF just last year. He's a champion. He's a coach. And he was encouraging this other young adult who had kind of, he was, he's a soccer coach. And he, he kind of put away his passions and desire to play soccer. And John just encouraged him. He's saying, listen, you only get this opportunity once. And he encouraged him to get back into his gifts and using his talents to renew his passion, his energy. And you can see his face light up, saying, okay. He goes, but I'm not that good. He goes, no, you are. You, you need to talk about the dynamics of being a part of a team because any Elite athlete will tell you that, boy, above and beyond winning the championship, what would they cherish the most was a daily grind, being with the guys, you know, and, and being in the locker room and all that. You got to be kidding. All that stuff that you would think that you, you look back and you say, man, those were the best of days. You're going to be reminded during these COVID days, you're saying, those, those are the most challenging days, but man, those were the best days. That was the year I grew in the Lord. That was the year where I stood on God's promises. That was the year that I, I, I did. I, I put myself into strict training. I trained my mind. I renewed my mind. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, to transform the way you think. Then you can know God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. And a lot of us, we need to get God's mind and perspective and everything going on in our world. God's perspective, not a, a political party's perspective, not man's perspective, God's perspective. Do you have that? Do you have that? 
And so um, it's time. And I, and I want to I want to I share with you, I remember um, a certain play, you know, when it comes to being on that stage. You know, I, I also um, played freshman football when I was at St. Paul High School. So all my St. Paul friends out there. And I was injured. Most of my career, I'm always injured nursing an injury, which is a lesson in itself. And uh, because many of you, you're injured. You're, you're fighting COVID, you know, and that's, that's part of it. That's, that's part of the victory. That's part of the, that's part of the grind. And I remember um, I was uh, freshman year football. I was going to be the quarterback. And, but then I chopped off my finger again, one of my finger stories. And so I had a cast, so I was not able to do any of the, you know, I was at the end of the season, and I hadn't even been on the football field. And so here we are, end of season. I finally get on the field. I didn't quit. And I had a chance to be on the team, and I had a chance to actually go out for a pass. You know, there's only like a couple games left, and no one knew really who I was. The quarterback didn't know who I was. Ran a couple routes. He never even looked my way. And it was kind of during garbage time. And sure enough, I remember being in this play. I'll never forget it because I'm finally, I'm there. I'm on the field. I'm in the game. I'm going out for a pass. I'm wide open. Quarterback looks at me, and he throws me the ball. It was my first ball ever thrown to me. And I'm going, okay. I'm going to score a touchdown because there was nobody around me. I'm, I'm like wide open, and the end zone is like right behind me. All I got to do is catch the ball and just walk into the end zone. And what did I do? I'm all excited. I take my eye off the ball and drop the ball and walk in the end zone and blew it. I dropped the ball. Guys, we can't drop the ball in this season you can't drop the ball. God is orchestrating things in your life. He's a good quarterback. He knows what he's doing. You may be down 40 to nothing, but God, God's a, he's a God of the comeback. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Run your race. You know, it's unfortunate we're so limited in our language when it comes to the Bible because the Bible, as you know, was originally written in Greek and Hebrew. And, and when you look at the Greek word, for the word run. And you're not going to like this. You know what it means? It means to exercise. I know a lot of people are not happy with that because you're supposed to exercise before you turned on service this morning. It means to make progress. How are you doing? It means to advance speedily. It means to move forward. It means to be intense about getting the goal. It talks about, the Greek word talks about being Intentional with everything you do. And then when you look at the Greek word for race, so you have the Greek word for run, the Greek word for race, it's also translated in other scriptures. When you look at 1 Timothy, that same word um, race is, transfer, is also translated as fight. So God says, I want you to run your race. I want you to fight your fight. You see, you only have a race only you can run, and you have a, a battle, a fight. Do you feel like you're in a battle? Absolutely. But God is going to equip you to run that race, to fight that fight. Timothy tells us to fight the good fight of faith. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Over and over and over time. You know, it's so important that you Fight your fight and not someone else's fight. You know, so much of our time is consumed with everybody else's struggles, everybody else's fight. But that's not what God has called you to do. You know, we get all stressed out about 
or we get like we're missing out because we get so consumed, especially with social media. You know, we look at other people's lives and you want to get lost in their life and they think they have it all together. And let me tell you something, everybody has their own struggles. Everybody has their own fights. Everybody has their own shortcomings. You know, you have to do you. You know, I mean, Pastor Scott, um, when we go on vacation, um, you know, we're all wired differently. We all have a different race. We have an all different way in which we love to vacation. You know, um, if you guys don't know me, um, man, when I'm on vacation, when it's my day off, boy, I love to play hard. I want to be a, I want to seize every moment. I want to be there for the sunrise. If I'm at the ocean, I want to be the first one paddling out. I want to be on that first wave. If I'm on the, if I'm on vacation Yosemite Valley, man, I want to be on, I want to be on top of Yosemite Valley when that sun rises. So I'm up early and I go all day long and I, and I go hard all day. And for me, that's, that's what I love doing. That's my passion. And I also like to bring as many people along. No, we have surfing, and sometimes I'm on vacation. And I get Pastor Scott. We surf. You do you, and it's and it's just hey, we're all wired differently. And my point is this: is that run your race. Run your race. So I want to give you four ways how you can run your race. Four ways to run the race according to Hebrews. And the first one is you have to recognize, first of all, that you have a race. Because for many of you, I believe even in this point, you haven't really been receiving this message because you might think it's all hype. You don't really have that many high expectations for yourself or you've just settled. You know, you've kind of, you had dreams and you have lost those dreams. You've given up on your dreams. You're discouraged. And you have to recognize, and it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. God has good plans for you. Life is not just happening. Psalms 139 says that before you even, even born, he fashioned you. Before you even born, that he knew the promises that he had for you for a purpose. You know, um, I guess I got in the first service. I, I talked about um, how you know one of the shows I have been watching that I that I enjoy is again no judging here is the Mandalorian. You know, so if you're a Mandalorian fan, you might start making some comments. If you're thumbs up for Mandalorian, so a spoiler alert. I guess I kind of let out nine o'clock, but in the Mandalorian, it's all about you know Baby Yoda has reappeared. And so um, people are all excited about Baby Yoda. And so the Mandalorian is connected with, so you got to turn your feet off if you don't want to hear the story, okay? Because Mandalorian, you know, um, is with his Baby Yoda, and he recognized that this little Baby Yoda has some different powers. There's a calling on this kid's life. And every show was about him discovering his power, about him st- struggling and discovering his true identity. And you're on the edge of your seat because you recognize that there is a destiny for this young baby Yoda. Now, that's a, a TV show. But there is a destiny and a calling on every single one of your lives. And God is orchestrating events to train you, to help you discover. That's why we have church. That's why we encourage each other day every day. That's why we have deeper courses. That's why we have growth groups. That's why we do church online. We open the word. That's why it's so important for us to be connected. And the more challenging times we can, the Bible talks about going to strict training, 
the more opportunities we have to really live out the destiny that God has on your life. And when you're living your true calling in life, boy, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. You know, because for some people, they struggle knowing, you know, that's my thing is, Pastor Joe, I don't even know what to do. I, I know I have a call, but I don't know what it is. You know, there's some real ways we can help you discover what your purpose of your life is. I mean, you can start off by, you know, one of the best-selling books of all time is Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life. If you have not read Purpose Driven Life, boy, get the book. You're basically going to be opening up the scriptures, and Rick has done a, an incredible job helping you to navigate those, um, those, those days. I encourage you to get involved in deeper, but there's some practical things you can do about how God has wired you to know what your race is. It starts by knowing what your passions are. Now, God's giving you those passions. It starts by knowing what you're good at. You know, I obviously, I was not much of a sprinter. I was more of a distant runner. It starts by, of course, knowing what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And it's so important to hear what God says your assignment is, not what your parents think, not what your family thinks, not what everybody else thinks, not some random person may give you a word and you know it's like, no, nah, it's not even true. It's so important for you to be in tune with the Holy Spirit to know what he's speaking to you. Because God will speak to you. That's why we always say, God, give me ears to hear what the Holy Spirit's saying. You know, it's so good when you know what you're doing. But the truth is, we have to focus on what we, we, many times we focus on what we don't have instead of focusing on what we do have. God will fully equip you for every good work. You know, Ephesians tells us that, that we're his workmanship, that we're created in Christ Jesus for good works, that God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them. And so it's so important that we walk in them. And while we're walking, and that's the third point, is don't compare yourself. You can't compare yourself to anyone else's race. Now, notice what it says in verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You know, if we, we, we have, God has given us such an incredible assignment. I mean, come on, partner with him to redeem the universe. I mean, talking about a storyline, talking about a job description, that's what God's called you to do. God's called you, he's equipped you to bring the greatest message to the world. Isn't that amazing? And he says, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You know, and, but yet, instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus, we're looking at everybody, every, every while. We're, we're, we're glued to the TV. We're, 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 we're glued to other people's issues and problems. And we, we, instead of focusing on Jesus, we, we get distracted. You know, talking about running a race, you know, whenever you're running, especially in track, you know, when you're, on your, when you're running track and you're in your last lap predominantly, but it's so important, the coaches will always tell you that when you're going to the finish line, keep your eyes to the finish line. Don't look back. Don't look around. Keep focused. Why? Because when you start looking around, you, your stride gets off. You know, you trip up, right? You know, and everything falls apart. So you got to look forward. You got to keep focused. You know, the same is true in Little League. You know, I think of my son, you know, when he was playing Little League, they taught him early on that after you hit the ball, you know, you look where the ball goes, and it's looking like you're going to getting a base hit, then if you're going to commit to first, you commit to first. You put your head down, and you get there. You don't look. Because why? Because you could trip up, or you lose your stride, and you miss out on what the potential is for your life. So many of us were looking back. We're living in regret. You know, we're focused on everything else, you know, 
But that's why it's so important that we stay in our lane, that we run our race. You know, your race might be, you know, you might be passionate about different things. You know, you might be someone who works in a machine shop. You know, you're about marketplace ministry, and God's equipped you to minister to those workmates. You start a Bible study, you're praying for people. You know, I'd be a doctor, a lawyer, you know, you're an executive. You might own a business, and you use your business to impact the kingdom of God. You know, I'm all excited about our last outreach with Boxes of Love Ministry. You know, Cam's real speed, you know. He's got a gym with all these families, and they're training him up to be gym. And he heard about the Boxes of Love outreach where we provide a Thanksgiving, a Christmas meal. And he empowered his families. And listen, guys, we have a great opportunity to impact the community. And he used his level of influence to minister to so many people. I can go on and on about stories about people ministering where they're at. I think of all our elected officials. Let's give a big shout out, you know, for the Youngblood family, right? You know, we, we, we prayed for Sean and making a difference in the political realm. Some of you, that's how you're wired. You know, God's using you in that environment. And let's pray right now. Let's pray for our nation to be, to walking in unity. But all of us have different dynamics, but we don't, we, our job is to celebrate what all God is doing. You might be an intercessor prayer warrior. I'm so grateful for the people that are praying right now, that are praying through every single service, that have equipped, and, and we all have different gift mixes. Some of you are our outreach people. You're out there on the streets. You know, you're in the front lines, and that's where you're ministering. Some of you are sitting right now, our tech team. Aren't you grateful for our tech team that was here this morning? You know, I think of Jordan. I think of everything. Lance is happening right now, and Jennifer. You know, they're, they're doing their, their dynamic. Right now, I got Dennis, you know, facilities. It's happening here at the church. We all have our roles. We're all running our race. But church, instead of tearing one another down, you know, instead of reminding how disappointed we are with everybody, it's time for us to celebrate all that God is doing. Amen? 1 Thessalonians says this, So encourage each other. Build each other up, just as you are doing. Build each other up. Always consider others better than yourselves. Oh, yet how quick we are to point out all the faults of everybody. Let that not be said of us. You know, I'm all fired up because if you guys know I'm sporting my Rams cup today, because talking about, you know, running a team, you know, the Rams, I don't know how they did it, but I do know they had a, they had a true team win yesterday. And they had the backup quarterback, you know, Goff was hurt. He got, you know, his pins in his, in, his, in his elbows, you know, and Aaron Donald, he gets hurt. And somehow the Rams pulled off a win over the Seattle Seahawks. But the most important thing about this win is that where they beat the Seahawks. They beat them in Seattle. And if you guys don't know about Seattle Seahawks, they're known for the 12th man. The 12th man means this. There's only 11 players in football. But the 12th man is the fans. And when you go into Seahawks Stadium, you play the Seattle Seahawks, they're a different team when they're at home. And the Rams beat them at home. But what was different about this year? How did the, the Rams pull off a win against the Seahawks? Well, we're in the middle of a pandemic. There was no fans in the stands. Now, I'm not saying the Rams, you know, wouldn't have won yesterday, but I'll tell you this, they would have made a difference. I mean, they're cheering so loud, they can't get the calls in. They get their, their people so fired up. And if you ever play any team sports, home field bandage is a big deal. Unless you're in Southern California because everybody else is, everybody's, is a melting pot. So it doesn't matter because no matter who's playing, you got fans here living in Southern California. 
But it's so important for us to be a people that are encouraging one. And that's my prayer for you this morning, is that you would celebrate the victory as others and that you would run this race and you would run it with endurance. I'm sorry, guys. God's called us to be marathon runners. And you guys know that when you're training for a marathon or any long-distance sport, it's a lot different training. They look differently. They're not all yoked and jacked. In fact, they look normal people, but they can run for miles. Because when you're doing um, endurance sports, you're working out slow twitch muscles. And what does that mean? That means that when you are running, getting ready for, to run a marathon, in order for you to run that marathon, you have to do base training. And what base training does is that you got to run these long, slow miles for months. That way, when you're ready to run that 26 miles, or if you're going to do an Ironman, you know, which is, you know, you're going to go, you know, bike 112, and you're going to swim two and a half, and then run your marathon, you know, that means you got to be prepared for your body to receive that kind of stress. And the only way your body can handle that stress is the daily grind. It's doing the things that, you know, that appear to be boring. You see, you might think that your life is boring, but it's about perspective. Really, what you're doing is you're going into strict training. That's why those devotions every day are important. That's why praying, the Bible says to have faith. How do you get more faith? Hearing and hearing the word of God. That's when it comes to like, you know, it being diligent of hiding, you know, letting God's word hide in your heart so that you may not sin against God. To being disciplined and what are you putting in your body? And when you're, when you're living that way, man, you understand. And any great athlete will tell you that the victory was won, you know, either on the practice field or when the, before the season even started. And guys, we have a new year. These are the best of days. I can't think of a better time than being forced to dive deeper in the word of God, to get, to get equipped for the good work that God has for us. You know, the best endurance athlete I know in the scripture is John the Baptist. You guys know John the Baptist? You can find him in Matthew chapter 11. I think he was the best ultimate endurance athlete. I mean, the guy, he lived who knows where, you know, in the desert. I mean, the guy ate who knows what. It's kind of weird. You know, many people, when they look at me, they, they, they hear what I do, they, they laugh. You know, when I go to my races, you know, and um, my kids and my wife are with me, they look at the other, you know, triathletes, they say, man, Joe, these people are all like you. They're all nutty and weird. If you're nutty and weird, then you can, you can have, be at peace. There's some quirky about you. Maybe it's because you, you know, God's called you, and he doesn't make a mistake. He made you nutty and weird for a purpose because there's certain things that you, only you can do. See, John the Baptist had an assignment. And what if they came to John and saying, John, you look a little weird. You act a little weird. You know, you talk a little weird. You need to cool off. Imagine if he would have said, okay, I'm going to cool it. No, he didn't do that. He didn't. You know, what was his job? His job was to usher in Jesus. His job was to prepare the way for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, talking about assignment, and he did not quit. Notice what it says in Matthew 11 about him. It says, from the days of John the Baptist, now the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Man, God had an incredible plan for John the Baptist but he's got an incredible plan for you as well. It's time for us to say yes to that call. And if no one has validated your call, let me be one of the first to say that God has a plan for you. If no one's seen you, if no one, if some people are wrestling with who you are, 
Boy, you have a crowd of witnesses cheering you on. We have a church that wants to come alongside you and help you grow in all that God has for you. And I know what it's like when you feel like you're running the wrong race. I know what it's like when you, you know, you second guess yourself. Like, why am I doing this? Like yesterday morning, my bike ride. You know, I got up really early, 6 a.m. I'm out there riding, and my fingers are like frozen. My toes are frozen. And I go, why am I doing this to myself? Of course, I get my coffee. Sun comes up. I went, yes. I'm in my zone, if you know what I mean. You know, there is true. There, they have these things that called, you know, when you get your runner's high, that you can go and go forever. When the endorphins are kicking in, you're operating in your sweet spot. Church, we're going to operate in our sweet spot this year. You know, it's when you get the bat, you swing just perfect, and it knocks it out of the park. But it's going to be hard. You got to put the work in. Are you ready to put the work in? Because God will see it through. You know, the Bible says this, he who began a good work in you will finish it. And so I pray that you're hearing the crowd. I, heard, I pray that, you know, as I'm speaking through you to the screen, as I'm speaking to you, that you hear the calling that God has placed on your life. And it's time for you to get up, to wake up from your slumber if that's the case. It's time for you to kind of change the diet, maybe prophetically, but also in a real way because God has assignments for you. He's not done with you. It's going to be hard. It's going to be lonely. But I look back at all of my days training. I look back at all my times with my team. I don't think there's a workout that I regret. I think about all the ministry times, the outreaches I've done, the sacrifices I've made. Man, those are some good times. And some of you, you know who you're watching right now, we have some good memories, don't we? But you know what I would regret is how could I have done it even better? Could I have reached more people? But there's no regrets in the kingdom of God. We can't look back. We gotta, the Bible says that, that you got to look forward. You got to put your hands on the plow. If you want to be fit for this kingdom, for this race, you can't look back. You got to say, okay, you know what? From now on, I'm getting up. And I think of the, the, all the Rocky movies. You know, I think of that one Rocky movie where he's going to go fight the Russian, right? Maybe the second Russian he's going to fight. And he goes and he, they find, for his training, he goes and finds some shack somewhere in the middle of the snow, in the middle of nowhere. And he just puts the work in. And then when it's time for him to shine, because there's going to be different seasons in your life. There's time for you to go into strict training. Time for you to kind of get the muscles working again to be ready for that time where you got to fight the fight. That you endure. That nothing will hold us down. Oh man, I wish I had a worship team right now. You know, Jordan, come on up here. We're going to worship right now. That's why we, that's why we sing. That's why we shout. You know, we're going to do a lot of shouting this year. We're going to get excited. That's why Pastor Joe gets excited. We're going to dance. Why? Because God is on the throne and that God has prepared us for a good work and we have victory in Jesus' name. Amen? So maybe you can start clapping and cheering and start yelling back at the screen or, I don't know, do something online. Give me some emojis. But let's, get, let's start worshiping the Lord and let's worship with Him with our tiffs, our talents, our mindset. And trust in him and lean on our owners to acknowledge him knowing that we have victory in Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray. Oh. Father, I thank you, Lord, for these, uh, these words. I'm seeing people um, coming through right now, Lord, that we do, Lord. We need to put in the work. 
Lord, I thank you for all those who are, um, Lord, really being reminded that we do have an assignment, that we do um, have a calling, and that we do have a race to run. And I pray, God, the Holy Spirit, that you're our fuel, Lord. I think of that old school Gatorade commercial. Is it in you, God? And right now, I pray, Lord, for a filling of the Holy Spirit, Lord. It's not by our might. It's by your Spirit. And maybe you're running on your own strength and your own power and your own wisdom. And God wants to give you a new perspective. He wants to give you the power. The Bible says they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in new tongues and they, and they prayed in faith and many signs and wonders followed the disciples, the apostles. I believe that God wants to do that. He wants to manifest that, whether it be in your businesses, whether it be in your workplace. God, I come against, I speak healing again, Lord, all those battling this virus. God, I pray that faith would arise and you'd wake us up from our slumber. I pray you give us vision and direction that we would pursue our passions and our dreams. God, some of us have been bound because of sin. And I pray that those chains would be broken in Jesus' name. I come against alcohol addiction. I come against drug addiction, Lord. I come against the, 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 the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, God. And I speak life and wholeness in Jesus' name. We, we thank you for the victory that is ours. We are more than conquerors in Christ. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you on Salty Saturdays, or if you want to come hang out, I'd love to run with you, ride with you, get Team Hope back and running, okay? God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night, again, online, and then we'll be again here, same time, 9 and 1045 on Sunday morning. God bless you. Let's keep praying. Keep praying for our pastor, Pastor Rick and Carol, and our pastoral team, and uh, let's go into 2021, you know, in a nice, steady pace, knowing that we're going to get to the finish line and be victorious, okay? God bless you. Good, good morning. That's what we've heard this morning, and we're going to sing it as a prayer, as a cry, but also just as a, as a prophecy over our land that the, that the reign of the Holy Spirit would fall. Don't we need more of his presence in our land? Lord, we just cry out for you. Lord, we ask you to fall upon this nation. this together church
of your spirit, Lord. Sing that again. Prophesy over the land. Lord, let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. One more time, sing it out wherever you are. Oh, let it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates of God, we pray this over our land, our homes. In the name of Jesus, let your spirit reign. Amen. Amen, church. God bless you. We will see you Wednesday night, 7 p.m. for Bible study.